0: I'm going to talk to you in several phases. I'm going to first of all address the issue of the history of music. And then we're going to go into the rock and roll, hard rock, LSD rock, and all the facets of rock and roll, the history of rock and roll. And you'll be surprised. This
1: is Face the Music, a pre ELO song by song podcast episode negative zero eight six green onions the chads that song all about?
2: Green Onions was originally recorded in early 1962 by Booker T and the MGs. In an interview from 2008 posted by Musicians Hall of Fame and Museum, Booker T guitarist Steve Cropper
0: said, story behind Green Onions. Uh, Jim Stewart had booked a Sunday session. We were there to cut an artist named Billy Lee Riley. Anyway, he didn't show up for the session. We just started jamming on some blues just to kind of warm up our instruments and just kind of keep from being bored to death. You know, we're sitting there waiting on this guy. Usually it's the other way around. Usually the the singer's waiting on the musicians to show up. And Jim got on the talk back and said, hey guys, he said, come up here and listen to this. We go, what, you put that down? He said, yeah. He was already set up to record, so he just reached over and pushed the record button. And Jim Stewart just fell in love with it. He thought it was great, you know. It was a song that the title of it turned out to be the B-side of Green Onions called Behave Yourself. But what was funny about it is Jim Stewart said, uh, he said, that's pretty good. He said, if we decide to put that out, he said, if you guys got another song you can put on the B-side. And we said, "Uh, no. And I looked at Booker, I said, I don't know. I said, I remember you played me some kind of riff or a lick about two weeks prior to that session. He said, I don't know. He said, well, I think I might remember. And he goes out on the organ and he starts playing the kind of the green onions lick that we know. You know, I said, yeah, that's it, that's it. So Al sat down and Louis sat down on the bass and we started jamming on this thing. And that was the tape. And it was just sort of an accident in a way. And so we called the guys in and said, we got to get a name for this thing, get it on the label and so forth. And so I can tell you now that Louis Steinberg had played bass on it when we were Hashing around ideas, we came up with all kind of crazy ideas. And he said, "Why don't you call it Onions?" He said, "Cause that's the stinkingest music I ever heard, you know." And I went, yeah, "That's pretty good, but you know, onions is kind of a negative. I, I don't deal in negatives." I said, "Isn't onions a little negative? You know, they make people's eyes burn. Some people don't like them. Gives them indigestion, all that." And I said, "What about green onions?" I said, "A lot of people eat green onions, you know, with their dinner and everything like that." And they went, "Yeah, green onions." So that that was the title.
2: In May 1962, the song was released as the B-side for Behave Yourself. The A-side bombed. It never made it into Billboard's Hot 100 chart. However, the B-side was getting a lot of airplay on Memphis radio station WLOK and was released as the A-side in August. It entered the Billboard Hot 100 chart at number 90 on August 11th and spent 16 weeks on the chart getting as high as number 3 on September 29th. Three years later, the Chads recorded their version at the Tetlo's Recording Studio in Birmingham, England with their new lead guitarist, 17-year-old Jeff Lynn.
3: Most folks call them green onions,
4: but they're really scallions. Did you ever notice that, Joe? I'm Eric Paul Johnson and I'm Eric Winsenson
1: and we start with a song that has annoyed me and annoyed people around me since 2006 anytime I see green onions in a store in a salad anytime the words come up green onions anytime green onions is placed in front of me in verbal or physical form I say most people call them green onions but they're really scallions and the Stan Freeberg people, they'll be like, hey, cool, oh, he gets it. And then I'm accepted into their tribe. But um, it quickly gets really old, to the point where it even annoys me. And I have to be around myself all the time, whether I want to be or not. I've tried to stop myself. I've tried to stop doing it because it's annoying. It gets old really fast, but it's it's just like a reflex like if you see your friend standing out in the street and they're about to be hit by a bus you say hey get out of the way or if you accidentally shoot yourself in the foot with a nail gun and say ow I just can't stop it green onions most people call them green onions but they're really scallions
3: let's not go through that again
1: but that's not why you're paying $4 a month to hear this podcast you're here for the music and as for the song the song doesn't annoy me I actually like green onions even though most people call them scallions I've always liked the original by Booker T and the MGs, and I really like this one. I I don't really know if it actually follows the tune perfectly. I understand they didn't really have the internet in 1965, so they couldn't just pull up the sheet music. So it's kind of like, you know, I think we've got this pretty close to the original Green Onions. Let's put this on a record. Jeff Lynne's not the star on this record. I think he's kind of like what people say he was back then when he was 17. Kind of a shy, quiet kid. He's there, and he lets you know you're there just every once in a while, pops in, hey, I'm Jeff Lynn, I'm doing music, how's it going? Someday I'm gonna produce the Beatles, you just watch. But he's not the the main focus of this song. I mean, intentionally or or even to my ears. The organ is what sells this song for me. I love that organ. Sounds like an old roller skating rink kind of organ and mixed with the bad sound quality of this recording it makes it sound kinda ghostly sort of like something from in the distant past is seeping through time into the future and it just kinda sounds muddy and kinda spooky going through all those temporal filters to get to the present but it's a good rendition it's not spot-on but it's a good rendition
4: and I like it yeah I noticed that it sounded the original, I believe it's a Hammond that they're on, on the original. Yeah. I have no idea what this woman's playing on this one. I can't really fault it, though, because from the looks of them at the time, they're either playing on instruments that were at their school, or <laughs> that they borrowed, or that they bought used, and yeah. just doing the best that they can, and... but it's not a bad cover of the song yeah and it's an organ-based song in the first place so you don't expect more than just the very simple guitar riffs that steve cropper originally put into there but it's interesting just because jeff lynn was in it basically covering a song that everybody covered at the time (laughs) yeah they did Yeah, it has something for everybody to do in it, though. Even though the organ's the main instrument, you got that bass line that's very, very uh, recognizable there. You got the guitar fills, and then you've just got kind of like a very lazy drum, keeping time. But it's still a little bit trickier than it sounds, Mm -hmm. because it's almost a jazz drumming rather than a rock rhythm on that.
1: Yeah, I guess it is. I hadn't noticed that.
4: Yeah. Almost a big band or a jazz rhythm to this song, rather than a straight rock song, making it a little bit more laid back. If you use brushes on it, it would sound almost like the drum from Fever. Yeah, it would. Like the yeah, the older versions of Fever where you just use the brushes on the snare and they do a good job. I mean, they're talented kids. Mm-hmm. One of them looks extremely British And yeah. <laughs> the drummer does <laughs> In the picture that they have of them But I know one of them wrote a biography of the band But I don't know if the rest of them ever went to do anything other than Just play around a bit other than Jeff
1: Yeah, from what I read The Chads had been in existence for a year or so before Jeff came in I mean, they had a regular gig at U.S. Army and Air Force bases in France They weren't getting paid much, so they moved on to other places, and they still weren't getting paid much, and a couple of members said, you know, I'm not liking this. I'm I'm having trouble eating, affording food, and stuff like that, so they left, and that's when they put out the audition call, and Jeff Lynne was one of the people who showed up. He was the last one of the day, actually. One of the members of the Chads, Mick Adkins, said that uh, they had a lot of people audition, and a lot of people sucked. And at the end of the day, they were starting to pack up their gear and get out of there, you know, feeling like, well, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll have better luck tomorrow. And that's when Jeff Lynn, soaked to the bone because it had been raining hard all day, wandered in and said, hey, I, I, I'd like to audition. I mean, I don't know if those were his exact words, but he looked like a drowned rat. They felt bad for him and said, sure, go ahead. Let's see what you got. So they set back up, and they played, and they were like, Holy crap, this guy can actually play! Dude, you're in the band! Or words and attitude, to that effect, anyway. Yeah, eventually they they split up. They went and they got jobs that actually paid enough for them to pay bills and eat on a regular basis. Mick Adkins, though, was the only one of the Chads, I mean, other than Jeff Lynne, That continued with music. And he played local gigs. And him and his band were pretty popular for a time. But he's dead now. He died in June 2007 from lung cancer thanks to asbestos. Because his other gig, the one that paid the bills, he was an electrician. So he ran into a lot of asbestos. Which ran into his lungs a lot. And there you go. Like most bands from back then. One or two actually could make a living from it. The others... I I got bills to pay. I can't do this anymore.
4: Which is about the truth usually of most garage bands and musical groups is, uh, you get one member who really decides to dedicate themselves to it the rest of their lives and everybody else would love to, but, uh... <laughs> they need to eat. They need to eat. Yeah. And trying to split $200 five ways <laughs> after meals and gas is, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly the life most people want to live.
1: Yeah. And I think that's actually what broke up the band. The van broke down. We can't afford to get a new one. I guess that's it for us. That'll do it. Yeah. Just want to cut in before we get to the last part of the discussion. In 2013, I checked out the Elvis box set Platinum A Life in Music from the library. It was packed with alternate takes, rehearsal takes, live performances, early radio performances, including the Louisiana Hayride. I didn't see the Elvis movie until two weeks after we recorded this. I didn't know the Louisiana Hayride was in the movie and that they recreated the audio from the track I randomly pulled from the box set to use here. Okay, back to the show. There are certain moments in musical history that I would love to go back in time and see. I would love to see Spike Jones live just to be there just to see it happening because just the records alone are a scene just what is involved in pulling off those records live that had to be something to see man
0: Oh Laura is the face in the misty light footsteps <laughs> that you hear down the hall the light. I would love
1: to have seen Elvis when he was playing the Louisiana Hayride shows in the mid-50s before he became a big deal, when he was just this guy who was known around in the South. But outside of the South, I, you know... He's just this small-time
3: guy. Just a few weeks ago, a young man from Memphis, Tennessee, recorded a song on the Sun label, and in just a matter of a few weeks, that record has skyrocketed right up the charts. He's only 19 years old. He has a new, distinctive style. Elvis Presley, let's give him a nice hand. We've been singing his songs around here for weeks and weeks and weeks. Elvis. How are yes, you this
0: evening? It's fine, how are you, sir? Are
3: you all geared up with your band geared there to <laughs> so let us hear your songs?
0: Uh, well, i like to say how happy we are to be down here. It's a real honor for us to be, get a chance to appear on the Louisiana Hayride. We're going to do a song for you. You got anything else to say, sir? No, I'm ready. <laughs> We're going to do a song for you. We've got on Sun record. It goes something like this.
3: Well, it's
4: all right, Mama.
1: In the anthology series, I heard Paul tell a story, and I think it was George, too. How George got into the Beatles. Paul knew George. Paul knew John. George didn't know John. Paul said George should join our band, John. So George's audition was on the uh, top floor of a double-decker bus. So George, John, and Paul were sitting up there. Paul says, go, go on, George. Show them what you got. So George took out his guitar and played raunchy note perfect and John said you're in the band. I would love to have been a passenger up on that level just sitting in the back just watching the further gelling formation of the Beatles right there in front of me and I would love to have seen this moment to be there to see when Jeff Lynne wanders in off the street soaked to the bone looking like a drowned rat auditioning for the chads (laughs) because I know he'd been playing around with tape recorders and stuff like that in his own home, but this is where things go from screwing around in your bedroom to things are just going to take off from here. But I don't think you're going to get that awe, that notion that I am seeing great moments in history happen, unless you come from the future to watch it. Because if you're just there growing up and going to the Louisiana Hayride show to see the local Southern acts. You might like Elvis, but you really have no idea what's coming. He's just a guy up on the stage putting on a hell of a show. But is he going to make it outside? I don't know. I don't think Elvis's act is going to sell in New York or California or other parts of the country where, at the moment in music, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Nat King Cole and, and those people, they're the big names, and Elvis is nothing like what's selling right now. And with the Beatles and with the Chads, from somebody who just happens to be in the room or on the bus when that happens, you're just thinking, oh, that's cute. group of teenagers, they're starting their own band, playing their music. That's that's nice. That's good. That's nice to see. But eventually, like all the other teenagers, they're just going to wind up having to get real jobs to pay real rent and real bills. So it's good to see this. They'll look back on this with fondness. Ah, teenagers. Remember when I had that band with those other guys? That was good fun. Well, back to the office. You just have no idea of what is coming. You have no idea of just how Elvis is going to explode or how the Beatles are going to take over the world or that this little, mousy, shy little kid is going to go on concerts inside of a spaceship and then later produce the reunited Beatles. So, without knowing what's coming, you're not going to have the awe you're just gonna think, oh that's cute. These kids are starting up their own band. That's nice.
4: That's true. At least with the Chads, you know what's gonna happen. Jeff Lynn's ELO and the album Alone in the Universe.
1: Yeah. Some other stuff happens before <laughs> that though, so Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's try and keep a good thought.
2: Got something to say about green onions? Then call the telephone line voicemail. It's-
5: Five
4: zero three three seven five. Call now. I love onions. Hi, I am Eric Wincencson, and Eric has his own
1: podcast. You know that big album an act had, either the huge seller that broke them to a wider audience, or a world famous act that became even worlder famouser after the release of a massive selling album. This podcast isn't about them. What came next? Dot 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 is about the records that came after the multi-bajillion seller. Each episode is packed with facts about the bands and their records from noted musicologist Eric Winsensen. Hi, I'm Eric Winsensen. So do a quick Google search and listen to what came next, dot dot dot, with Eric Winsensen. won't be doing zoom casts for our pre-ELO podcast because only subscribers can hear the episodes and the people on youtube where we post our zoom casts they're only going to get half of the information or half the conversation if they hear it over there so we will read and reply to your responses your comments in this section here the listener mail section and since it's the first episode of the pre-ELO podcast we, we don't have any comments about songs but some people did make some comments that I think are worthy of this, and this way people will know. If they wanna make a comment, go right ahead. We'll put it in the show.
4: Warren Butson says, Chaps, really looking forward to this deep dive into ELO family. I know you said you couldn't face the Roy Wood slash Wizard solo career, and I agree, the Wizard albums are hard listened. But Roy's singles are fabulous And well worth listening to As is Boulders and Mustard His two key solo albums That may be too much for you I agree But you did the last two ELO albums And man, (laughs) they are hard-going M.O.R. Borefest At least Roy is hard-going In an eccentric, unique, and unexpected way Anywho, so glad you chose to do this and glad to finally be a Patreon member. Well, we are glad you are too. A little bit of uh, extra money is always welcome. Mm -hmm. Reason for not going with Roy's stuff is because we are mainly concentrating on Jeff Lynn and jeff lynn and roy haven't really worked together m- at least much that i know of since uh, the first elo album so roy is his own thing <laughs> it's a lot different than say violinsky which never would have existed if there had not been an elo that was the entire reason that somebody said hey mick you want to do a <laughs> do an album <laughs> That wouldn't have happened without ELO. Roy Wood's solo career and Wizard and everything was going to happen ELO or no ELO. Because (laughs) he was already popular from the move. So it was going to happen just like Jeff Lynne. Even if there had not been an ELO, there would have been a Jeff Lynne career of some sort. Yeah. Due to his time with the move.
1: Well, I mean, we're not going to just focus on Jeff Lynne obviously Jeff Lynn has done the most outside and before ELO so we're gonna hit a lot of Jeff but we're also gonna hit Mike D'Albuquerque Albuquerque and Bev Bevan's solo single and and Violinski um, the thing with Roy Wood I'm not ruling him out I wouldn't mind going through an album or two early after he left ELO or anything that might just really stand out that I think I want to talk about this and I think people should also know that this exists Roy Wood has a very extensive discography and (laughs) i think roy wood deserves his own podcast done by somebody who loves roy wood i like roy wood i don't like him enough to spend years of my life dedicated to editing and producing a podcast about roy's music i don't have things planned out beyond the two move singles that came out after no answer so after that if we're even still doing this that's like 85 episodes into the future and we're going to be taking summers off so we're going to be at this pre-ELO stage for quite a while if the money keeps coming in so I don't have things planned out past no answer we'll see we got a long way to go till we get to that part
4: that's true yeah a long 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 way (laughs) yeah so make it rain if you want to hear it exactly as long as that
1: money keeps coming in. Roland Leeger, I miss your Saturday morning podcast listening. Not in the bathtub, though. Can't wait to hear you again. Well, you're hearing us again, and I'm glad you're hearing us again. I'm also glad that you're a Patreon. Thank you.
4: I've missed your money. And I think that's a good advertising. The ELO something something podcast. We're like a toaster in your bathtub.
2: <laughs> Ow!
5: moments in electric light orchestra history
1: at what point did you fall in love with the recording process because that's obviously a big part of what you got into Um, were you able to start experimenting and exercising your own
3: ideas at an early stage or or did you build your own studio well what I did I um, I was desperate to make to make recordings in my house, you know, in my mum and dad's house, and they had a front room which was spare. Nobody ever used it. You know, it was one of those hush rooms that was all smart. Nobody ever went in there because it was too smart. And, <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I soon wrecked that. And uh, had all this junk in there, and I got, I got this uh, thing called a, a Bang & Olufsen 2000 Deluxe, which was um, a tape recorder that you could bounce from one track to another, from like, left to right, add a guitar as you go, back to the left, I had another guitar or a piano, because I'd taught myself piano already by then. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, roughly, still pretty rough, actually, but... Um, so I could make records in the front room of my house and I had, a, a, the drums were a, a piano stool and a drumstick, and uh, I actually learned how to make recordings like that. They actually sounded like records, even though they're only demos. So I learned, basically, all the stuff I know from that one little tape recorder, which I've still got, and it still works.
5: Well, Hello there, this is Dr. Troy. Yeah, I'm like Michael Myers or Jason, I keep coming back. Okay, Green Onions is one of my all-time favorite songs. I haven't heard too many cover. in fact, I think this might be the only cover I've heard of the song. And I do like it. I like the fact that it's not a note-for-note, paint-by-number cover of the song. The Chads add their own spin to it. It kind of reminds me of a cross between what you would hear in the soundtrack of a 60s TV show, 60s movie. I'm thinking in particular of Dark Shadows. Everybody would hang out at that bar and they put a coin in the jukebox, and it would play the same generic instrumental over and over again. So it reminds me of a cross between that and something you might hear at a baseball game or a roller rink. I have to expected someone to say, CHARGE, in the middle of the song. What I really like about it, though, is, first of all, I love the way the guitar sneaks in, kind of, towards the middle of the song. And you have a call and response thing going between the guitar and the keyboards. And my favorite thing about the song is what I would call the false endings. There's a couple of times where you think the song's gonna end, the keyboard starts getting softer, and then it's sort of where they'll play the keyboard, then they'll stop and they'll play it, then they'll stop, and you think the song's over. And then, both times, the whole band kicks in, even with the guitar, and you get a nice jam at the end of both of those segments. So, yeah, overall, I like this, and I think it shows that even at a young age, Jeff was willing to be a little experimental. Talk to you next time.
1: you're enjoying this free sample listen to the end credits for details on how you can subscribe to the podcast because the free ride ends here like it hate it what does madeline think
2: and she hated it slash me maddie m-a-d-y hey
1: she hated it
6: face the music a pre-elo song by song podcast is a production of radio trolla entertainment assorted deli meets amalgamated Leave a message on our voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Join our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel, to hear the full songs and other goodies. If you don't want to subscribe through Patreon, use PayPal with the podcast's email or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932 Superior, Arizona 85173. The subscription fee is $4 a month and include your email address so we can send you the secret link. Next week, episode negative 085, and tugging
1: the line. Or if you shoot yourself in the gun with a nail foot. Or if you shoot yourself in the f-
3: <laughs> Let's not go through that again. Go through what again, Joe? How most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Oh,
6: you notice that too, huh, Joe?